You're listening to the Weekly Portland Podcast. For a complete list of episodes, visit pdxpod.com or find us on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Remember to like, share and subscribe. Since leaving Apple Music, Gang of Four bassist Dave Allen has joined creative agency North. His new title is a long one. He's the Director of Artists and Music Industry Advocacy. The firm plans to launch a new music division collaborating with artists and managers to create brand new revenue streams. Now, the future of music is seemingly unsure. Streaming services are popping up left and right. Dave has a vision for the future, and we'd like to hear more about that today. My name is Gregory Day, and you're listening to the Weekly Portland Podcast. Let's meet our special guest, Dave Allen. still teach at the U of O? Well, when I joined Apple, that had to stop. And that was kind of a big drag for me because um, Apple wouldn't allow me to speak in public or do that at the university or go to conferences and, you know, do keynote speeches, which I used to do a lot. It's just like Apple is Apple. Like, boom, rules, handcuffs. And that was for two years? Four. Four years? Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. He started with Beats, you know, Beats by Dre. That's right, yes. Yeah, I joined Beats by Dre uh, because Ian Rogers, the CEO, and then Trent Reznor. You know, we, we, we were, we've been friends for quite some time, both those guys, and they called me up one day and said, you've got to come work for us. And I was like, well, uh, well I've got a job. <laughs> it's not like I'm unemployed, you know. Um, and, and so, <clears throat> yeah, I, I made that decision, and... Um, I'll give my wife credit for that too, because it was like, look, you know, hey, I've got, I've got this job already. I was at North, and um, obviously that's steady income, no worries. And then I'm going to join a startup, which is different, right? It's like if Jimmy Iovine couldn't find the money, we wouldn't exist, right? And he was beating the bushes every year, uh, every month, yeah, and. And then, uh, I don't know, six months in, yeah, like, oh boy, Apple decided to buy us, so um, I moved over to Apple Music. That was fine. Uh, the first two years were amazing, I had a really good time, because we were launching something, Yeah. which was an extension of the Beats Music streaming app. You know, my role on the artist relations team was to just get artists and their managers to understand that this is a good thing it's like you know the whole world has switched to streaming now and to not be involved with us particularly uh, would be a mistake you know like we pay well i'm not there now but apple music pays more in royalties than spotify you know i mean it's a I mean, right. it's a big company, and Spotify is a private company and has to be always funded by raising money, whereas Apple's got, like, you know, uh, we just have a few billion lying around in the back of the couch there. 
Spotify has really changed the way I experience music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of debate about Spotify. Uh, lots of questions posed to you mm-hmm. at some of your talks. and mm-hmm. uh, But nothing current that I found. Uh, has your opinion on Spotify evolved? Well, I don't use Spotify. You don't. I never have. And um, it's not for any particular reason, like... You know, I've always said that Apple Music and Spotify, they're not in competition, right? The only interesting part for me, um, like the, the, the essay I, I posted on LinkedIn recently, is about that attrition, that war of attrition, about getting people to subscribe, which you can also bring in Tidal at this point, right? If you yeah, want to, Jay-Z's. Yeah, Jay-Z's outfit, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard Jay-Z's new album because it's, 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 it's exclusively <laughs> right. on Tidal, right? So I'm reading all these things about it, but you can't hear it. And I'm not going to sign up for that because it's very expensive. And I don't need, need high-quality, um, the codec, you know, like... like and right. MP, MP3 can go up to you know, pretty high, and then they want to do a more like a flak, you know, FLAC, right. and it's like I don't need that. I mean, not least because it'll eat up all my freaking data <laughs> plan, right? love that you get the generational shift you talk about an eight-year-old kid experiencing mm-hmm. music yeah not knowing what a cd is yeah you know well because like okay you know at my age and and you know i, I i'm older than you i'm sure but um the the you know the fact that downstairs I, i've got all my vinyl and a really cool um um uh, you know, I've got a Technics deck and, and, and a really cool hi-fi system. Uh, I like I like experiencing music that way. It's it's almost like the slow food movement, right? Right. It's like it's a slow music movement. You have to get up and turn that <laughs> that thing over, right? And, and it's a great way of putting it. I like love you listening. You're listening, and and you have to be bonded to it. Um, and I think my frustrations. Um, like with Apple Music and why I, why I left was, and that was on my own uh, volition. You know, I just decided I, I need to, I need to do something else, um, because it's like, all right, we're doing great with Drake and and Chance the Rapper and and, and Frank Ocean. I mean, this is all good stuff. Yeah. But. Trent and I had always talked about the next 10,000. Like, what, what are we doing with the up-and-coming artists, right? And that, I was, I have I, I said many times to people, it's like, I thought Apple Music would be my end-of-career job. I just keep going until I feel like I want to stop working or something, right? But it was like, well, hmm, we're not really helping um, what I thought we could do because I figured that if Apple can't solve this problem in streaming music then no one can I 
rocket fire can do arenas, right? They're like, you know, in the alternative rock world, they're very big. And then just keep on going down. There's lots and lots and lots. But then you get further down and it's a struggle. If, if it's all just streaming and you're not getting paid very well, right. it's very difficult. And, um, you know, clearly things have dropped off. Now, I'm not saying the, the recording industry is in trouble. Clearly it's not. You know, it just keeps going and they've got all the big artists. But on the lower end of things, it's a struggle. And so what we're doing at North is trying to get new revenue streams for artists. Like we want to get, a, get the money in their pocket. We want to cut out the middlemen. That's what I really like to hear. Uh, it's going to go... Everyone does. Right. Uh, the, the concept is, is really, really... Um, I, I think it really resonates with folks here in Portland because there's so many great bands. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I've seen uh, incredible high-energy shows and small, tiny little venues. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's fertile ground for, mm -hmm. for a service like this. Mm -hmm. uh, are you excited? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do I <laughs> not look excited? That. I, I, you know, <laughs> That's only because yesterday was July 4th. Okay. <laughs> it's a rough night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. on like four hours of sleep. I'm still recovering, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Getting involved with Beats Music, did mm -hmm. that? Was it just a, a text message from Trent Reznor? No, it was a phone call from Ian, Ian Rogers, the CEO. And Ian has been in, he's been long term in the um, music tech world. And I dealt with him when I was at Intel back in 2000. So, but prior to that, we were friends anyway. Yeah. Um, I brought him in. Um, I had a record label in LA through Gold Mountain Management. World Domination? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And you Nice know, title, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we didn't dominate the world, but we had a good time trying. Uh, and then uh, Ian <clears throat> hit us up, and, and he was basically a, a web, web designer. And, uh, you know, he looked at our crappy sort of website that I think the general manager had knocked up. It's, like a, it's just like a GIF. <laughs> it's like one thing, you know, and um, and so I said, yeah, 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 you know, like you know, throws a proposal and um, uh, all that good stuff and some design ideas and we can look at it and it, and it, and it was really good. So we had him build our site, but then I introduced him to John Silver, who managed within Gold Mountain, um, managed the Beastie Boys, Sonic Youth. Uh, Nirvana, the whole gamut, right? right? And they all needed websites. So we yes. flew Ian in to, you need to come meet these guys. Like, it's bigger than my little indie label, right? Right. And so we became great friends. Um, so we still are. And now he's at Louis Vuitton, um, Moe Hennessy as the global digital director. You know it seems like everybody is turning to Squarespace now for their websites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My own website, uh, the IamDaveAllen.com website, it's is beautiful, built, built on Squarespace. It's yeah. very simple. It is. It's beautiful. Great yeah. picture. Who took that picture? Uh, that was um, um, Chris Hornbecker. Chris Hornbecker. 
Chris Hornbecker, yes. He um, he actually uh, works out of North as well. He he has a space there, and um, he is uh, yes, he's a phenomenal uh, photographer. It, it's you know he he does all the basketball like Nike. He, he does all oh, yeah. all the shots that you <laughs> see. Yeah, he's just amazing. And what's the culture like at North? I'm, I'm curious. I, I'm familiar with the firm. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's your role there now? What's the culture like? Is it a bunch of weirdos? Or <laughs> My job is to uh, um, um, stay clear of advertising. Um, you know, uh, so uh, late 2016, I, I ended up um, at Mark Ray. Uh, one of the principal owners, and, and Rebecca Armstrong is the other partner owner. But uh, Mark and I, I don't know, I don't know what how it came up. It just was like, to just before the holidays, end of 2016, Mark had hit me up just coincidentally and said, "Hey, I haven't seen you for a while, and let's let's get a drink before the holidays and all that." And so yeah, I uh, I hooked up with him at um, Solo Club. In Northwest, there. Okay. And um, we were just shooting the shit. And, uh, you know, he's asking me how it was going. And I said, well, you know, to be honest, Mark, I, I, I would think by April uh, of 2017, I'll be out of Apple. I, I'm, I'm really not that happy. And Mark uh, immediately said, well, why don't you come back to North? Um, when was this? The end of 2016, okay. just before the holidays. And, you know, I said, well, I, um, I can't move from, you know, this where I've been in music to advertising again, right? Yeah. Uh, because I was their digital strategist before. And um, since I left, they've got other, you know, they've got different folks in there who can do that. Um, so I, there was no room to do that anymore, but not that I wanted to do that. But we came up with this idea um, that I'd been working on, um, which had been spurred by James Mercer from The Shins. Um, I was in his studio, his home studio, and we were jamming on some uh, Shin songs, like different versions of the last album. And um, and then James was saying to me, like, how's your... How's your music licensing going with your Gang of Four catalog? And I was just laughing, like, what? "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> you know, it's like uh, in 2005 when the band reformed. Um, we, um, uh, Sophia Coppola's people reached out because she was working on Marie Antoinette, the movie. Right, I've heard this. Yes, yeah. and apparently, as she was writing the screenplay, she was playing. Natural's not in it on loop like, right. all day long, right? Yes. And I only really found out about it in two ways. Uh, at the time, our kids were in middle school, and, and they came. Uh, I think Dylan, my son, had come home and said, hey, everyone's talking about your band, Dad. Like, what? And I was like, okay. And then I saw a piece in People magazine where they'd interviewed Sophia on what she was up to with this movie and then she mentioned us in there as that's what she was doing I'm listening to this song over and over and over and then suddenly um, my ex-managers Ron Stone is calling me and going hey man we've got to make hay with this you know okay 
you know, uh, not, not really, but um, that was an interesting time. You've they got sound. very eclectic taste. I looked at your uh, playlist you posted yeah. um, on one of your blogs. All over the place. Yeah, yeah you're all <laughs> over the place. I love that. Um, you're definitely uh, yeah. not stuck in your ways. I live in public, yeah. Yes. No, I'm not stuck in my ways. No, no. and uh, it's so easy to, to be that guy mm-hmm. and to be stuck in time. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, uh, it's really, I, I, what I get from you is you're very pragmatic. Mm-hmm. You're just sort of looking for ways to make things work, mm-hmm. and you've got a streak of positivity. I, I I make it very clear to people that my glass is always half full. Yes, I, I don't see any reason to have the glass half empty, right? Um, because that doesn't work, and and I, I think a lot of that's come trickling down through this, like all my books and all my reading, and and uh, just recently I've been fascinated with um, older books now I'm buying books from the 1920s you know like leather bound uh, no they're, well they're re-released in paperback now okay. I, I'm not getting the originals but what you're looking at up there is um, pretty much all of those books are first editions right now what I'm seeing is there is a big surge in reading and people want books yes. right and whether wherever they get them now Books are not going away. Right? You know, I actually I interviewed the, uh, the founder of Microcosm Publishing, and he says that people are always trying to tell him, you know, about the business. Like it's you know, books are no good anymore. And he's uh, yeah. like, you know, it's the exact opposite. Yeah. Books are doing very well. Yeah, and they're very important. I mean, very. Um, you know, actually, uh, <clears throat> when we were on tour with the Gang of Four, um, you know, we'd all jumped out of college, we didn't get our degrees, and so on. But back in the day, all you could do was take books. So if you're stuck in a van driving 500 miles to a gig in America, right. you better take some books because it can get very boring. You know? uh, have you contacted Portia Sabin? Are you aware of her podcast, The Future oh, yeah. of What? Oh, Portia and I are friends, yeah. Oh, great. She has this fantastic podcast. Kill rock stars, man. Yeah. Yeah. But she does such a wonderful job and comes at it from every angle. No, she's great. I, I did, uh, for the Grammys Northwest up in Seattle, uh, I, uh, she interviewed me on stage when I joined Beats because there was this well, issue around streaming, right? And yes. And at the time, she was not exactly 100% happy with the idea of streaming. But right. um, it wasn't too long after that, though. The Band of Horses, uh, not Band of Horses, uh, Horse Bullish Feathers. Now. Horse Feathers, right? They were on tour, and all their fans were saying, hey, we can't find your music on Spotify or streaming services, right? And then Horsefeathers came back and said, we, we, we need to be in these services because the fans are, that's how they access it now. Like, they might yeah, buy a vinyl record is. at the show or a CD. It's true. And then, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's a direct sort of uh, quote, really, but I think uh, Porsche came around to, like, yeah, um, let's, let's jump into streaming. And yeah. I think that's been a big... Um, a big move for her because it's like now the money's coming in. Yes. You know. She seemed very happy yeah. with the streaming services. And yeah. I love Porsche. She's awesome. Yeah. 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 No, I, I love that show. And uh, she was a fun interview too. She's very, very good on radio or a well, podcast. She's a doctor. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she has a very interesting background. She does. She's just, it's just like... Very. Yeah, yeah. You can, like, uh, wow, that's like, uh, I'm just a musician and you're a doctor. You met her husband? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You met everybody. Well, of course. <laughs> I mean, I'm not just saying that. It's just like everyone in, you know, the music world, uh, my my long career, it's like... Right. so long. It's like, geez, you know. I love the advice that you give to musicians. Uh, you talked about an, a distribution company, Stem.is. Yeah. I looked briefly at their website. What's mm-hmm. your experience with them? Well, we are... Um, so, um, <clears throat> at North, the, the new business arm that we're building, uh, North Music, is uh, right now it's run by me and Steve Rohner, the executive producer. Steve uh, Rohner. Okay. Rohner. Got it. Yeah. Um, and, um, uh, okay, so here's the story. It's like, uh, when I was at Apple Music, we, you know, we did the Endless film for Frank Ocean. Uh, that very long yeah. one hour, 20 minutes of Frank basically building a set of wooden stairs, right? right. <laughs> Which now, looking back, was like, oh, that's the escape route. Because that was his last album for Universal Records, uh, under his deal. So, okay. Now, we didn't know that was his last album. And then the next weekend, he releases Blonde. And um, uh, he'd sampled uh, two Gang 4 tracks. So I was in the mix there. Um, I knew this, but I couldn't tell anybody. Um, And then... You know, Universal gets all up in it, in it, in it like calling yeah. Jimmy Ivine and going like, "What's going on? You've stolen our artist. You've distributed his his, his music." And like, no, we didn't. No, we don't even know yeah. how that was distributed. Hmm. And then in February of um, this year, uh, the New York Times Magazine had uh, an interview with Stem, uh, three young people, uh, led by uh, I think a twenty-seven-year-old woman and two other guys there and um they'd already been doing really well in the um in the world of um startups and you know certain apps and things like that and then they'd raise a lot of money and then they they are which i'd like to feel i am at the moment they're problem solvers right and they look at things they look at like the recording industry or even the auto industry is like how can we make things better and they landed on on the publishing world right and it's archaic and that's how they looked at it it's like my lord this is like something from the 1800s yeah. that's never been updated right and so they've jumped in and became uh, distributors and so they were the ones who released frank's album all over the world, global, global, um, uh, by, you know, um, getting it into, like, Asia and South America, like, you know, like, streaming music services you've never heard of. Please be brilliant. Yes. I know you've you've said this before, but I love I love this concept. Yeah. Because it's about, you know, recognizing your strengths, mm-hmm. going with it. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear you 
elaborate just a little bit more about this idea, this concept? Well, well it goes back to the glass half full concept, right? Right. It's like, it, you know, there's no point waking up every day feeling that you can't get things done. And, and, and then you, you really have to uh, work hard to make sure that doesn't happen. And, right. and, and when I say work hard, that's where people get disillusioned. Like, oh, my God, it's going to be an uphill struggle and all that. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, you, you know, it, ah, man. Um, <laughs> I was just reading something today that hit on it. Um, it was a poet I was reading. And, and it's just like, you, you just have to believe. You just have to believe. And when people say to me, okay, so... Like self-belief? Yes, yeah, you do. And when people say to me, uh, like, like right now again, it's really intense, like, oh, why did you leave Apple? That's an amazing place to work. <laughs> it's like, well, if you really follow me, it's almost like every four years I go do something else, right? right? And then they say, oh, there you go, landed on your feet again. It's like, no, no, I didn't jump out of an airplane without a parachute. Yeah. Right. You're a pragmatic guy. I know what I want to do, and yeah. and and yes, I walked away from quite a lot of money um, from Apple. But if money's the only incentive, then then you're not going to be brilliant, right? If that's the only incentive. Well, you uh, said it yourself. The I'm not saying I'm anti-capitalist, but right. at the same time, you know. You know, I am a European socialist, so, you know, like you, you're from Manchester. We're in this together, buddy. Yes. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's just like, be positive as best you can. And of course, you're going to get into a slump at some point. You really are. Right. Like, you can't avoid the slumps, right? I mean, right now with North Music, we've been pressure testing this for about four months. And touch wood... We've had no pushback because artists and their managers want new revenue streams, and that's what we're bringing. But maybe there's a bigger agency than ours that jumps in and and gets ahead of us, but it doesn't matter. It's still glass half full, right? Keep going. doesn't matter because they're going to need somebody like me anyway. I have all the... After Apple Music for four years, I've got all the relationships all of them, mm -hmm. globally. It's amazing. And I never, when I started, never thought that that would be something I would use. I, I just figured I'll keep pushing for Apple. But now it's like, geez, my Rolodex is huge, you know. Like, <laughs> and that's great, right? I mean, that's It where, is great. It that's is a, great. That's a, uh, I mean, look. What else um, do we have? I don't want to be pompous people? about it being, that's being brilliant. It's yes. just just be positive and and don't let don't listen to people who are negative and uh, my long career in music has got me everywhere like this this you know like right yeah like gang of four was never massively successful so you know i shouldn't be living in this huge house in the hills right with, but that came from just keeping going right beyond the band um yeah because you were in gang of four for what four years yeah okay and then uh then i found four shriek years. back yeah shriek back yeah a very underrated band a very underrated band and and, and people and actually, who like shake uh, shriek back love shriek back yeah 
a lot obsessive. of people, I know yes. it's very interesting, but that was the band that um, uh, um, we, we were bigger than Gang of Four. We just were not critically acclaimed. Like we could play to bigger audiences than Gang of Four. Um, the critics just didn't like it. It was like this early eighties sort of Dolly's Car sort of era. Was that yeah, Dolly's Car? Yeah, yeah. There's all sorts going on. Great bass lines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anything, I'll accept that I'm a great bass player. But you know, the um, uh, we got money, you know, advances from labels and publishing, and I bought my first home in London on Clapham Common, right? And that was a great investment. It, you know, I think I bought it for twenty-four thousand pounds, yeah. right? And then I sold it to my brother at a discount for ninety thousand pounds because. You know, it's just like, uh, I, I suppose I had a knack at looking at investments and what you can do. Um, yeah, uh, so it's not noble. I just want to give back. I've always wanted to give back. And maybe it's okay, my well, working class background. It's like, yeah. I didn't deserve this. Is is probably uh, a little earworm all the time. Like, yeah. how, how did I get from Kendall in Northern England... To, you know, to be here in Portland with... It's an amazing city. It's yeah. an amazing country. I know, but I mean the whole route to get here is yes. just interesting to me. And it's not, I, you know, no regrets. It's just like, wow. You still but feel it, that way. But it, I mean, yeah, but it's a mixture yeah. of luck and talent and charisma when you're in bands, right? Yeah. How, how many bands don't make it even though they should? You know, yes. it's just a different mix. And so here at North Music, uh, again, I just want to get, um, I want to be able to get money into the pockets of the artists and cut out some middlemen, you know, who take their piece. It's like, uh, well, uh, what, 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 what do you do? Oh, you made a phone call. Okay, so you want 50% for making a phone call? Yeah. That has to stop. Yeah. And that's actually a challenging statement, which I'll hear about, I'm sure. But it doesn't matter. You just got to fight. You got to fight, and and that's fine. And uh, when I was teaching at the U of O, when students graduated uh, from my class and they graduated from the university, they get back to me and say, like, I, "I I can't find a job." I, you know, I think well, we went through that in class, right? But uh, the smart ones would ask me to mentor them again. And then I would work with them, and and it was always usually about their their uh, curriculum vitae. You know, it's just like, well, what, what's this? What's this? You're sending this to people? You know what I mean? There's nothing. I mean, yeah, you can't have um, a resume that <laughs> it just says you worked at the uni, You know, the the, the university's uh, student union. That's not going to work. And and then you worked on the local newspaper or something, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I said, there's nothing in here about you. Yeah. There's nothing in here about you. Yeah. And I would make them go away and, and, and come back, you know, a, a week later when I was back down in Eugene. And, uh, you know, and and suddenly it blossoms out. It's like, you know, one one woman I got a really, she got a great job in New York at an agency because she'd opened up to like, oh, I'm a, I love travel, and I've got a photo blog, and I've got a cooking blog, 
and all this. I said, see, now, yeah. now someone in HR can see that you're a broad-based person. Yeah. You're not just fascinated with advertising. There's more to you. <laughs> yeah, and, and then that happened many times where they got the jobs because oh, everyone else was just throwing in a blank sort of... Keywords. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I don't want to... I mean, it's a shame, but um, in fact... Um, I would say now that I'm surprised the university didn't help them with their with their resumes. Right. And someone there should be saying, well, uh, if I had a business and you gave me this, uh, I'm not going to hire so you. that pragmatic yeah. you know, approach yeah. again. Right. I love uh, that. Yeah, thank you. But it's not hard. I just did it last week at PSU. Um, there was the... the you know, postgrads and um, oh yeah, graduation. Yeah, um, but there was a a bit of a speed sort of talk for three hours. Like people could come in and show you their work and their resumes. And I did exactly the same thing. I was like, "Look, your work is great. Your resume is shit. I'm sorry." Yeah. And then they were kind of like, "What?" I said, "Well, there's nothing in this resume. You've just showed me your work. You're right. sitting in front of me as a person." a human being and you seem to be a very sort of interesting person yeah. there's nothing in your resume that Practical, reflects yeah. that You're right. and if you think that that's going to land on, on on an HR person's desk and they're going to hire you for that it's not going to happen yeah. Yeah. you know and the, they, they loved it it's like oh my god yeah, yeah. that practical so, advice is very rare yeah. I don't know why well I don't mind doing that because like I say it's like is that because you're a milk you used to be a milkman <laughs> Is that the why milkman? You're... Wait, wait, yeah. wait what? I read this on Wikipedia. I don't know if it's true that you used to deliver milk. Is this right? No, that's wrong. You actually. know, it's always wrong. I know. These little no, tidbits. I never they're always delivered wrong. milk. Uh, okay. What I did do was uh, what I did <laughs> do. No, no, no. What I did do was sneak out of bed at night, right, and get onto my parents' balcony and, <laughs> and skittle down the the onto the ground. And then go to Lancaster University to see bands like Queen, Motley Hoople, uh, T-Rex, and all that oh. business. And then the only way we went down on a bus that we'd paid, you know, we all threw money in. And my parents didn't know I'd gone out all night. But the only way back was the bus wouldn't wait, right? Uh, we had to get on the milk train. Literally, the train that delivered the milk to our town. So this is where this story came from. Yes, okay. they mixed it up, and uh, we had to sleep for a while in in the station uh, waiting room because it came at like four in the morning. But it right. got back to where we lived at five in the morning, right. so that was just enough time to climb back up through the window and pretend you've been in bed all night. Okay. Yeah, but that was my exposure to amazing music, and you know. And it's like I saw Queen opening for Mott the Hoople. We'd never heard of them, but just blew our minds. You right? remind me of Morrissey right now, talking about his youth, watching yeah. shows. Yeah. Just thinking, it's just a great way to grow up. Yeah. Um, I have one more question for you. Yep. yep. Um, I'm a big fan of Dave Miller at OPB. You were on his show years ago. Dave Miller? Uh, Dave Miller at Think Out Loud in oh, the show. Uh, at OPB? Yes, at yeah, OPB. Yeah. That was just when um, I joined Beats, I think. That's right. Uh, any any thoughts on, on that interview? I mean, in America only, 
right? Uh, Gang of Four was seen as a Marxist band. And again, like like we'd said earlier about that misconception about the milk train, um, the misconception with Gang of Four was when we were at Leeds University uh, at art school, all all of our art professors were Marxists. And that doesn't mean it makes you a Marxist, right? But we're very intrigued with what did it take to be... Like, these guys had done tons of studies with, like, what's it like to be an artist in Russia, for instance, post-Marx, and so on. Uh, What we were doing, uh, the Gang of Four, was uh, political with a small p. It was about your personal life. Like, how are your relationships? So... Uh, the, you know, the the most licensed track of ours is Natural's Not In It. And that whole song um, debates the idea of, like, you know, you've got a shitty job, right? And so you wake up in the morning and, you know, you don't want to go to work. Now, there's a repercussion for that. That might mean you lose your job or you lose at least a day's pay. But then, you know... It's sort of like semicolon. I want to go to the beach. It's like, okay, you can go to the beach, right? But again, you have to understand the repercussions of that. Right. But it doesn't mean anyone's stopping you doing either of those things, right? That's what we were talking about. And then it becomes relationships, right? Natural's not in it. The whole idea of nature and nurture is fine, but if you're not happy or you can't make it work, it's no, it's not really your problem it's societal problems and then we get down to you know uh, margaret thatcher comes along and there's billboards you know uh, like political billboards like uh, labor's not yeah. working so now that was a brilliant campaign i'll give her that jeez like the, it just showed you long lines of people waiting to sign on to the unemployment uh, right it was right? terrible and you know that right and and we were like depressing okay. the news was but depressing then, but then, last one is Morrison's Supermarkets, mm-hmm. right? So in Leeds, Morrison's was... That's, I think that's where they're based, actually. And the billboards would say, the change will do you good. And there were coins on the billboard. Mm-hmm. Now, the, that meant, spend your money here and you'll get you know, right. more money back, in yeah. a sense. Now, we use that in damaged goods. Mm-hmm. And... It's not that difficult. You know, it's not like um, we were extremely political, but then you come to America and they just freak out, right? (laughs) I mean, to them, the idea of of, of like, uh, you know, a a socialist setup, right? We have, hey, that's right. We have free healthcare in Britain, yeah. And you can go to college really cheap. What a concept. Right. And then they just go, oh, communists. (laughs) But I've lived here long enough now. I mean... Been a long time. I just thought that was funny. Uh, Dave Miller constantly calling you a Marxist. Yeah. He said it like four times. Yeah. You know what? I love Dave Miller. He does a great job. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't mind if I mean if somebody wants to bring up Marxism like that. I I, I would rather say like okay you know I I've read and studied Marx. So if you're going to call me a Marxist, like let's let's really talk about it my dad told me that he wrote that that he wrote his manifesto in manchester mm-hmm. he did he did yes oh you do know you I know well, that's really weird because um i just read recently uh, a guy who just died he he, he was uh, another uh, escapee from the regime in russia 
and he was teaching at Norwich University. But first of all, he ended up in Manchester uh, because there was, I think it was Manchester University, there was some people that gave these, him money or supported Well, it wasn't so much that. He got a job there, but it was more like they wanted to be around these professors that understood that, you know, that sort of Marxist side of things. Right. But also, like, we're British and we do things differently, right? We certainly do. Yeah. And I, 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 I find it... Now I'm a dual citizen and, and my, Me chil- too. my children are uh, it's know, great. Americans and my yes. wife. And um, I just find it silly that they can't understand what, what a socialist society can do. Right. You know, because it, it's... It's the best system. uh, Again, people might hate me for saying that, but it's it's better than capitalism outright because you look at Norway and Finland and Sweden, they're still capitalists, but they share the wealth. They share the wealth. And that's all you need. So then they say, oh, but taxes are so high. I said, well, you know what, though? You, you can go to school for free. You get something for your taxes. And you have kindergarten for free and, and, and... and then they give you twenty thousand yeah, dollars a year. You get some back. Yeah, yeah. you get something it's back. It's like so what? So right. taxes pay for things that we need to do. Okay. I mean, my dad um, uh, a couple of years ago died of lung cancer, but um, he was a smoker all his life, so he knew that you know, like, damn, right. I shouldn't right. have done that. But um, they told him you've got six months, get your thing in order. But he lasted five years, and and the system paid for everything he had no out-of-pocket costs and they were yeah. living in a because um, yeah. my mom had arthritis and she's still alive but you know they gave they put in a because um, it was upstairs where they take lived, care of you put in a, a chair yeah. chairlift and yeah and and take care and, of you and and they were giving money Remarkable. to their grandchildren because the the, the you know, the government was giving them money. Right. It's like, we don't need this money. You get that money, you put in back. Yeah, crazy. What a country. Yes, sir. Dave Allen, this was so much fun. I learned a lot today. <laughs> You're a very thoughtful guy, and I'm going to do a bit of research into Karl Marx You're now. You're dig into me now, right? Yes. And, and Carl. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again. This, and thank you for welcoming me into your home. This is a wonderful place. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for listening to the Weekly Portland Podcast. My name is Gregory Day. I will be here next week. Please join me. I mean, you know, these things are good. Um... Yeah, get the word out for Music North. Well, it's not necessarily just for that, and that's a good. That's the one of the reasons, obviously, to get the word out. But I mean, just then it gives me new thoughts about what you're asking me and how I respond. So, you know, it might glad, go glad into to help my out. speech at Hamburg in September. You know, like hopefully it, that's online. Hopefully that's online. So. Uh, yeah, I'll post it though. Yeah, I mean, after the speech, I'll, you I'll get great post press. It. I'll post it on my website. <laughs>